Welcome to Spotlight Conversations with voice talent and DJ Donna Reed. Donna talks music and media from her sunny linoleum-free studio. Come on in. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for joining me today for another edition of Spotlight Conversations. Thank you for listening and downloading. Just, I'm speechless, and that's <laughs> that's saying a lot. Um, besides doing podcasts, I also do voiceover work and uh, write in a blog and uh, write about the podcast we are talking about. If you want to find out more about that, go to spotcom.com. That's S-P-O-T. C-O-M-M dot com. Today I'm in Houston talking to a radio legend. He's one of the first members of the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. He's got a lot of years in the business, and um, he's going to talk about where he worked and who he worked with. And, and I have the distinct honor of being on the air with him at an internet station called Houston Radio Platinum. Andy, great to have you in the studio today. I can't wait to talk to you. It is my distinct pleasure. Thank you, Donna. 50 years in the biz. What was your first job in radio? And they've all been in Texas. I'm I'm guessing all of your radio broadcast work has been in Texas, right? They have been, yeah. The first, probably the first paying job was at a little station in McKinney, Texas, north of Dallas, 30, 45 minutes. It was... uh, as I recall, it was a, a part-time job because I had just started at the University of North Texas. So school was, of course, supposed to be my uh, priority. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the job at KMMK in McKinney was uh, just a, a, a weekend shift, maybe two weekend shifts. And I like to ask broadcast folks, radio friends, what is it about radio that for lack of a better word, just sucked you in when you first stood behind well, the mic, in front of the mic, sorry. The answer I'm going to give you is an answer I came up with many years later. It's one of those things that's supposed to be a humorous response, but my thought was being in radio was a whole lot better than working for a living. <laughs> it's It's garnering a response that's very humorous, and I believe I've heard that expression before. <laughs> Probably. Now, you have an interest, I believe I understood, in engineering as well as programming. Did that start at the station in McKinney? I kind of got my uh, foot in the door at um, KNTU, the radio station we had at the University of North Texas. Okay. Uh, Back in those days, it was called North Texas State University. And the, the... engineer there over radio and television was uh, uh, a really, really good guy. And he kind of, he knew that I was interested in doing engineering and I was able to kind of prove to him while I was there that I did know what I was doing because I never blew anything up, you know. (laughs) Uh, We never were off the air because of something I did. So, uh, So that's probably where I kind of got started uh, uh, in the engineering and, and, and programming of the radio station as well. I like to say that I'm, I'm interested in the operations end of the business. Okay. And you, having been in the business, know what that is. That's, yes. that's the fun stuff. That's on air. That's engineering. That's where all the action is versus 
the other end of the building where the manager is and the sales department is and right, the right. promotions director and all those folks. Don't you think that it there's always someone in a radio broadcaster's career who they feel like they see something in you or they hear something in you and they just say, you know what, I'm going to show you some of the stuff around the station. I'm going to show you how to do this. Do you feel that's typical when you started in radio and do you think that's going on today? Um, I don't know if that was typical or not, but I think somebody who who is a friend of yours that works at the radio station or possibly the person that may be hiring you for a job, somehow or another they they sense if you're gung-ho uh, about the, mm-hmm. the job or the business in general or mm-hmm. what you're there to interview for, if that's why you're there. And, and they'll go that extra mile to kind of show you the facilities and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, say, well, you know, we, we installed uh, this board in the FM control room only a year ago. It's the latest BMX board. And, and they'll, they'll go the extra board. mile and kind of give you a little history so you know what, uh, what you're looking at. So oh, today, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be looking for a job in radio today. You leave the University of North Texas. You have your degree. What do you do next? I was blessed uh, slash fortunate slash lucky in that when I left the University of North Texas in 1980, I came home to Houston and um, immediately got a job. It was a part-time job is uh, a lot of the times when you're going to work in a major market. Right especially for the first time, it's a part-time gig at a major radio station here in Houston. And I couldn't have landed at a better place. That would end up being my first tour of duty at KIKK AM and FM. And about 12, 13 years later, uh, I did my second tour of duty there uh, in a full-time capacity. Um, They are country formatted, but when you worked at the station, what format was it? Well, both the AM and FM were country. As a matter of fact, we were in the enviable position of being the only country FM in Houston at the time. And so we were like the full-blown ratings leader in that genre uh, and one of the highest rated stations in the city at the time. Now, unfortunately, the FM has gone through changes over the years, and um, they're a different format now. As a matter of fact, they don't even have the same call letters anymore. The call letters are still here in Houston. They're on an AM station, KIKK AM 650, Uh which has been around literally for decades. The AM is, is all sports. The FM that used to be KIKK FM is now sort of a adult contemporary, gold-based adult contemporary. Got it. Now, who are the legendary talent you worked with? Oh, goodness. Well, uh, as far as on air is concerned, Joe Ladd was right. legendary in this yes. market uh, yeah. in country radio. Um Oh, uh, Ron Foster, okay. Pam Ivy, they were there in those days. Um, a number of folks, and it was 
it was what I call a full-service radio station because we had not only an excellent on-air staff as far as jocks or DJs was concerned, but we had a full-service news department, oh, a full-service sports department, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just that was that was a grand radio station in my opinion when you got there legendary talent was already in place what was it like for you when you you know pulled an air shift and you realized wow this is where joe ladd works i mean what was that like it was really um it was kind of a challenge in a way (laughs) because you know we you and i have talked about this before i'm a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and if i if i make the slightest little mistake even though nobody listening would notice it, I beat myself up for it. So it was even <laughs> tougher because, uh, you know, you knew that, that the program director, who was a gentleman by the name of Charlie Oaks or, or Joe Ladd or our news director at the time, mm-hmm. uh, that they were going to be listening. And, man, those were the last people in the world I wanted to, to disappoint, you know. And so it, it was stressful in that, I was I was calculating everything I was going to say and trying to to let it roll off my tongue as perfectly as possible. And you know, in in retrospect, I I don't remember making too many goof ups in those days. I'm sure you did great. What happened after the station? Where did you go after you left? I decided I was going to go back and help uh, some folks in Dallas with a startup radio station they had just bought the fm station up in denton texas and we're going to turn it into a dallas radio station so i went up there and uh, did some on-air work and some engineering work for those folks and that lasted a while and eventually came back down to houston and went to work for uh, kulf 790 AM and it was KULF ended up being one of those worst to first when I got there we were sort of a an adult contemporary radio station and the the ratings were decent the sales staff was excellent because we were doing much better uh uh billing wise than mm-hmm. a than an AM station would do in Houston in those days and then and then uh, all of a sudden, they they decided that they were going to uh, do top forty on AM because nobody at the time, believe it or not, on AM or FM was doing what we call top forty or what they call today contemporary hit right. radio. Right, right. And and so in uh, in summer of I believe it was eighty one. John Lander and Ron Parker and all these heavyweights come in mm-hmm. and literally in one ratings period we had gone from not literally worst but it it sounds good from worst <laughs> to first and and then uh we started worrying you know okay well we're doing so good somebody on FM is going to do the same thing we're doing on AM so the company that owned us also happened to own KYND, which at the time was on 92.5, and they were one of two 
beautiful, quote unquote, beautiful music stations okay. in the market. Mm-hmm. And that format was dying because a lot of the listenership. <laughs> Growing out of the format, that's a good way to say right, it. Yeah. Oh. And so they decided, they made the executive decision that uh, they were going to start simulcasting the station on FM 92.5. And I think that was probably six months after we had we had put the new format over on the AM station, KULF. And the rest, as they say, is history. I bet you worked with Bo Weaver, who was a well-known voice talent across the country. Bo, b- before it became KKBQ, when it was still KULF 790, Bo did middays. Ah. Yeah. And... Uh, an incredible talent, and yes. since you're in the business, you know what an incredible voiceover oh, talent he's he amazing. still is. Yes, he is amazing. Did you ever take any kind of breaks at all in radio operations, you know, like a couple months, six months, a year? Was it pretty steady after Houston the second time you came back after leaving Dallas? It was pretty steady. Debbie, I think I I went up and worked at a top 40 station in Tyler for a very short period of time. Oh, goodness. And then uh, came back to the Houston area. A friend of mine owned the little radio station over in Liberty, Texas, which is roughly an hour northeast of, of Houston. And worked on and off for a number of years for him. Um, And we had a pretty good sounding little radio station out there. What was your most challenging job in radio? You know, Donna, that's a good question. I'd have to I'd have to think about that because all of them presented. I was going to say when you got there, you realized, oh, there's more to it than I thought. Maybe the most challenging was uh, I had been hired to be the program director of KIOX AM and FM down in Bay City, Texas. Mm -hmm. And they made it sound real good. We were well-equipped, and I think both the AM and the FM uh, had great formats. And then after I was there a while, the general manager evidently seemed to think he could program the stations better than I could. But I, of course, I never thought I could manage the stations better than he could. And, and that got pretty old pretty quick, the more that became obvious. Mm-hmm. So challenge-wise, it was, it was probably Bay City, uh, which was early 90s. With radio changing as much as it is, and you said earlier, it'd be really hard to find a job in radio today. Uh, how is that changing the the vision of radio? I cannot judge uh, the talent on the air today. One of the reasons is because I I very seldom tune into radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm so because of the the radio I grew up on. I'm so discouraged by radio today. I just I just don't care to listen. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, but a lot of that is because people are not allowed to use their creativity. On-air people are not allowed to use their creativity uh, anymore like they were in the in the earlier days. So uh, 
if I did listen to a particular station and a particular talent, yeah, they sound fine, but I, I know they're being held back from being as creative and, and as good, quote unquote good, as they can be. You know, my my thought is is that there are so many day parts on radio stations these days that are uh, voice tracked, mm-hmm. you know, automated or live assist or whatever. Mm-hmm. That that if you did have a, a day part that was live, they didn't want you to exude too much personality in those live day parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So there would not be such a contrast. And let's say middays was voice track and mornings and afternoons were, were live. Well, if they, if they let you use all your talent and creativity in those, in those drive times, mm-hmm. there would be a sharp contrast to the personality or even the, what they called, used to call the stationality of the station between morning drive and middays, it would go from being personality and bubbly and stuff mm-hmm. to just being, you know, someone there giving the, well, no, I guess if you're voice tracked, you really can't give the time. You know? Right. In other words, going from a personality drive time to a listening to a computer time, then back to a drive time in the afternoons, they wanted to keep that, the station sounding as, uniform as possible possible. so you were stifled in the live day parts in order to accomplish that now on the flip side we have all these internet stations a lot of great talent a lot of people who are just starting out into radio have got their internet stations you also have a lot of small companies who have some very good stations with great talent how is that going to change the radio industry I don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna happen. In the back of my mind, I'm always hoping that at some point the pendulum will swing back to uh, the point where every radio station in the country isn't owned by three or four different big corporations, and maybe there will be more mom and pop shops mm-hmm. and uh, situations where the owner just has one station and that station's making them money and they can they can afford to to be live 24/7. I'd love to see that that happen again, but I don't I don't know if we will see that. Fast forward to about 2012, you get a call from the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. The gentleman who at the time was the general manager of the Texas Radio Hall of Fame also just happened to be my partner on the air at uh, first at KIKK-FM and then um, over across the hall, you might say, to KILT-FM, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Halstead, oh, yeah. a.k.a. Rowdy Yates. Know him well. And he said, Andy, I'm going to nominate you for the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. And I was kind of in shock because I was thinking that the Texas Radio Hall of Fame was, you know, for the for the legendary people, the people that, you know... You are legendary. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that. But anyway, it happened. Much to my surprise, I got more than enough votes to be uh, nominated and then inducted. 
into the Texas Radio Hall of Fame in November 2013. Very, very pleased at that and very surprised and still kind of (laughs) at times in shock. I love your humbleness. It's a wonderful honor. You're talking to your peers on a stage accepting the award. Was that hard? I'm, I don't think you had a teleprompter. You just, did you wing it? Did you memorize it? Or how different was that? You know, they, they told us when we do our acceptance to not go over two minutes. Okay, I can memorize two, a two-minute <laughs> thank you, you know. Uh, but it's funny you should bring that, that subject up because I can get behind a microphone and they're and I don't know how many people are listening when we were on kick or kilt, but into the hundreds of thousands and I can get on there and talk and, and just feel very much at ease and very much at home. I don't worry about it. I don't get nervous about it, but let's say, let's say at Houston radio platinum, we had a staff meeting, you know, you, I, Joey, Gary, uh, Jimbo, uh, you know, it could be as few as three or four people mm-hmm. and that I was supposed to address this group of people, stand up in front of them and address them. I'd, I'd be nervous. I'd be shaking. My hands would be shaking. Uh, I would dread going up to the microphone and, and, and talking to them. Uh, but, you know, again, on the radio, it's, it's a breeze, you know. I, I don't know why it's like that with me. That's, that's the way I is. I, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Now, you're talking about Houston Radio Platinum. First, I just want to say I'm talking to Andy Waldrop, a Texas radio legend. He is now over at Houston Radio Platinum. You have a Sunday show that's very unique. It's country, and it's also... Um, a, tell me more about it. Tell us what the show is about. Solid Gold Sunday is a, an, uh, an oldies show. And I don't really like using the term oldies. I think there's a negative connotation there, but I just haven't come up with a better term yet. (laughs) Uh, So I play music from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Back in the early days when I had first started doing that program, that little radio station over in Liberty, Texas, that we had spoken briefly about earlier, I found out that a lot of people liked it when I played some country music. So early on, in the, in the history of the show, I decided that every first Sunday of the month, the show, which is a three-hour show, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., would be all solid gold country. And then the rest of the Sundays in the month would be the regular pop, top 40, That's cool. and rock and roll stuff. It's the foundation of many formats of music. If you grew up in this market in, in South Texas, Southeast Texas, and you listened to Top 40 Radio, which I did on AM, because FM hadn't quite come into vogue, you know, when mm-hmm. I was cutting my teeth on Top 40 Radio. You were exposed to a lot of country music. You were exposed to a lot of R&B mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. That was one of the great things about, uh, about this part of the country. And Top 40 Radio in general, it would not be surprising on Top 40 Radio to hear a song by Gary Lewis and the Playboys, followed by something from Buck Owens, followed by something from the Tijuana Brass, followed by something from Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, and then you could have Johnny Cash yeah. mixed in there, too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. 
that was that was fun radio. That was a listening to that kind of radio is what got me interested in in doing radio. Your special Sunday show, the name and where can people listen to it and listen to you? The name of the show is Solid Gold Sunday. It airs from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time, Sunday nights. They can find it online at HoustonRadioPlatinum.com. We have our very own app. You can download that free from your favorite app store, and that's just called the Houston Radio Platinum app. But I know you can get it online and on the app, and I know that you can download the Houston Radio Platinum skill to Alexa. That's correct. I can't believe I actually got that out. You've got it. <laughs> so nice to talk to you today. I really appreciate you coming by and just sharing your stories. They're amazing. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed myself. And thank you for your contribution to Texas Radio. My pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Underscore that three or four times. You've been listening to Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts or your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in.